You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome in to this midweek mock draft episode here at Locked On Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day here every single Monday through Friday, five days a week, covering your New Orleans Saints. On today's episode, we'll take a look at some listener mocks as well as the Draft Network's updated mock draft from Kyle Krabs. Kyle has the Saints going defense in the first round and then going for a deep threat playmaking receiver in the second. We'll see who he selected and where Saints fans are looking to go in April's draft after the first wave of free agency to wrap up the show. But first, we're going to talk about Jameis Winston. Winston making headlines on Tuesday with an impactful and heartfelt presser with Saints media as he is overcome by emotion talking about Drew Brees. But I'll tell you why it wasn't just that moment that impressed me about Winston's appearance, how he showed leadership, maturity, and the clarity necessary to be the future in New Orleans. And we'll talk about how a popular prospect, Purdue wide receiver Rondell Moore demolished his pro day, but still might find himself falling out of the first round. An update on the Saints' most prototypical non-prototype target in the 2021 NFL Draft. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, editor over at CanalStreetChronicles.com, and your Tuesday co-host over at the National Locked On NFL Podcast. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked On Saints, your team every day. Put his arm around me or, you know, just give me any, any encouraging words after I saw the resilience, the passion, the way that he went and approached every single day. For that to even be a story, like I was, I was touched by that because he doesn't even know how much he means to me and my family, for real. That is New Orleans Saints recently re-signed quarterback Jameis Winston talking about the final moments that he shared with Drew Brees on the sideline at the end of what would end up being Drew Brees' final NFL game as the Saints lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the divisional round of the 2021 NFL playoffs or 2021-year NFL playoffs. But when you look at this interview, this was a huge takeaway from a really magnificent question from Amy Just, who didn't just ask about what did Drew Brees tell you in that moment. She did ask about that. She said, you know, if you're willing to tell us, please let us know. But the biggest part of that was what did it mean to you? And that's what really sort of sparked this whole response from Jameis and a really uh, reflective and really genuine response that came from it. And of course, this is the big highlight from the presser, but I want to take a moment to address a couple of other moments that really stood out to me even before that sort of emotional outpour that he let everybody have access to. And I think one of the things that really stood out to me was his ability to be able to, I talked about clarity in the intro, his very clear understanding and responsive, clear vision-driven answers to all of these questions. And and here's an example for you. This comes courtesy of a question that came from Andrew Doak of WWL-TV, one of our our Tegna partners here at the Lockdown Podcast Network, local to New Orleans. He mentioned, or or rather he asked, what it is that Jameis Winston feels that he learned from Drew Brees, for instance. And here's what Jameis Winston had to say about that. One of the greatest things I learned from Drew is, you know, Jameis, we are making decisions based on it being the right decision. Uh, we're not concerned about the result, 
right? Because over over time, the right decision is going to get us where we want to be. And uh, and I bought into that. And I and I had a chance to not just hear it and go and do it. Like I had to hear it, go and do it. And then I had to see it, right? We saw it over and over and over again from Drew, from Tate. Like they're doing it over and over again. So when that's my perspective, I'm like, okay, I, I want to do this over and over and over again. Like I don't want to be over here, right? I want to be over there with, with those guys, getting, a, getting an opportunity to uh, to compete. Now, the words compete, competition, competitive, those things continue to show up. And again, we'll talk about that more here in just a moment, the quarterback competition between Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill, who he showed a ton of respect for. But I want to focus first on sort of what he talked about here and where many of us feel needs to be the biggest improvement area for Jameis Winston in order to be successful in 2021. Because we know that he has the arm talent. We know he has the arm strength. He can push the ball down the field, all these very exciting pieces. But What's one of the biggest things we always talk about that we need to see the improvement in his game? That one area, that facet, always comes down to decision making. And here he is specifically talking about Drew Brees mentoring him to make the right decisions as opposed to being concerned with immediate results. And that is such a huge part of what Drew Brees did very well as a part of why Drew Brees you know, always is going to be considered one of the smartest players in the game and one of the smartest players on the field at any given moment is because he was so good at making the right decision. And so if he led by example here and opening that door for Jameis Winston, then all of a sudden this idea around him being somebody that turns into a better decision maker as a means of improving his game feels like it's a huge emphasis for him and therefore is likely that it can pan out, right? If it's just an emphasis for the people that are covering him, that are writing about him, that are talking about him, that are watching him, that doesn't really reflect anything about Jameis Winston. But to hear Jameis Winston in an unsolicited format just talk about that being something that he learned and something that was a major takeaway from him in his time with Drew Brees, that's something that should give you a little bit of, dare I say, hope uh, in terms of what it is that the expectations are for Jameis Winston. I I spoke a little bit about the competition as well, you can see that he not only observed this trait of consistently making the right decision about Drew Brees, he also made that observation about Taysom Hill as well. He included Taysom Hill in that. And I think that's a key thing because if that's something that he strives to get better at and he knows that he's in immediate competition with Taysom Hill, regardless of how far ahead he may feel like he is in that competition, depending upon who you talk to, the consensus is pretty general that Jameis Winston has a bit of a head start. But you know, whether or not Jameis believes that doesn't matter. But if he sees a trait that he feels like he needs to get better at and that he's excited to get out on the field and be able to execute in the quarterback that he's competing with, it just goes to show you how much he's going to be willing to double down on it. Because if he understands how valuable that trait is making good decisions, and he sees that in Taysom Hill, he's going to strive to do that twofold, threefold, tenfold in order to be able to win his starting quarterback position. He had some technical difficulties earlier, came back in very nervous, but you could also see him light up when he talked about certain moments, certain topics that he's very excited about. The guy loves the game of football. He spoke about that. He spoke about his family, Drew Brees, his relationship with the coaches, why he chose to come back to New Orleans. Really, really great stuff. I highly suggest you checking it out because if you had any questions about this guy, from the mental processing part of the game and his ability to get excited about the game and, and everything like that, this answers all of those questions for you immediately. So go and check it out again at NewOrleansSaints.com, at Saints on Twitter. And I'm sure we'll continue to dissect it, talk a little bit more about it throughout the offseason here, as well as we get closer and closer to that quarterback 
competition. And one of the reasons why this competition is going to be so very exciting for the players on the inside is all of the weapons that the Saints have available to them still on the offensive side. And of course, a very effective offensive line as well. But there are some potential new weapons that could be entering the New Orleans Saints facility at the end of April with the NFL draft. One of those guys is Purdue wide receiver Rondale Moore, who we've talked about a bunch on the show. He had his Purdue Pro Day on Tuesday and he blew testing out of the water. But he's still probably going to see himself fall out of the first round in April. We'll have that coming up for you next year in just a moment on today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, y'all, we have been telling you for a long time about our good friends over at Built Bar, how incredible these low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, absolutely delicious, covered in 100% chocolate, best-tasting protein bars on the market are. And now we're in the midst of our Built Bar bracket madness that's going on as well, so you can vote for your favorite flavor of Built Bars over at BuiltBar.com or by following Bar underscore Built on Twitter as well. The Wednesday matchup, Cookies and Cream going up against Coconut Almond. I'm turning right back to Coconut Almond on this one to get more of that Almond Joy type flavor love in a protein bar that carries less than 7 grams of sugar. It doesn't get any better than that. So head over to BuiltBar.com, get your vote in. And of course, don't forget to stop off at the shop as well and get yourself a box of the best tasting protein bars ever created. And you can use the promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off of your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And don't forget to check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar over at BuiltBar.com. All right, y'all rolling right along with our midweek mock draft episode here on Locked On Saints. Don't forget to check out the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts as well. All the sports news that you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Let's go ahead and jump in here. Uh, look, the, what I wanted to talk about in this segment is probably going to go by pretty quick, but what I want to talk about in this segment was another potential weapon for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we broke down the most prototypical wide receivers in terms of where the Saints really like to draft in terms of size, target share, dominator percentage, all of those things that you know tend to factor in and that you can pull from the Saints draft record of the you know receivers that they've taken over the last 15 years with Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis, et cetera. But one of the things that was interesting about the different types of prototypes that are out there is just how good a match one receiver was the only non-prototypical wide receiver that the Saints have taken in the past few seasons, which of course was Brandon Cooks, who stood under six foot, who was under 200 pounds, but again had world-class speed and just premier athleticism. And one of the guys that matched that particular mold of being the perfectly prototypical non-prototype was Rondell Moore, who's the wide receiver out of Purdue. Now, He went into his pro day on Tuesday and put together a fantastic day, a 42 and a half inch vertical leap that he was actually disappointed about, 4.29 unofficial 40. He had a really, really fantastic day in two of the measurables that put him into the conversation of being a world-class athlete. And that's not a surprise, right? We expected Rondell Moore's pro day to be very, very good, and it certainly was even though he was disappointed with his vertical leap, felt uh, clearly felt like he could do better. 
sill, I mean, going 40 plus inches regardless is huge. But unfortunately, I think Rondell Moore is going to fall out of the first round. Now, he was a fringe first rounder to begin with, but even at pick 28, unless the Saints are just absolutely in love with him for other reasons, I don't know that he ends up being the guy that gets selected as the wide receiver at the bottom of the first round. And let's and here's why. Rondell Moore weighed in and also got his measurables done while he was doing his pro day. So while he blew up the athletic testing as we expected, the physical profile is very concerning. And and let me be very clear about what I mean by this. I'm concerned for his draft stock. I'm not concerned about Rondale Moore. That those are two different things. But he measured in at five foot seven inches. That's a big deal for NFL drafts. GMs and scouts and everybody that's going to be looking at potentially bringing him in to join a team, it's very hard to justify taking someone of that stature in the first round for these NFL teams that tend to think about first round wide receivers as potential X wide receiver ones in offenses. Now, that's not to say that Rondell Moore isn't somebody that can't be productive at the NFL level. That's not to say that he's not somebody that can come in and have a big impact day one for an NFL team, but his height here might stop teams from wanting to invest a first round draft pick. The last sub five foot eight receiver taken in the top 100 of the NFL draft is Dree Archer, who was taken in 2014. And he you know, was drafted in the top 100, I think that Purdue wide receiver Rondell Moore will be drafted within the first 100 picks. I think he's going to be a top 60 player, i.e. a top 62 player, I'll say, i.e. in the first two rounds. But is he going to be the next five foot eight or below first round draft pick? Remember the last time that happened was the curious case of Tavon Austin, where he was selected eighth overall in the NFL draft, which just felt absolutely wild at the time, would feel absolutely wild now, of course, as well. And so I'll be very interested to see exactly how his stock ends up actually panning out, because I considered him a fringe first rounder, but because of the way that we see NFL teams ding players based upon height and physical profile and fit and style and type that doesn't necessarily, you know, there are certain types like you know, uh, offensive guards are not top 15 selections oftentimes in the NFL draft, but offensive tackles are. Uh, pass rushing linebackers are usually set to go a little bit earlier in the draft than off-ball linebackers are. You can look at, you know, the conversation about running backs. You have the same thing when it comes to the style of safety, right? B- ball hawking deep safeties are first round safeties. Box safeties generally are not. Same thing for wide receivers. Starting wide receiver one X receivers or first rounders, oftentimes in the NFL, smaller slot receivers are not those first round selections. So we may see Rondell Moore fall out of the first round. Does that make things simpler for the New Orleans Saints if they're interested in him? They have visited with him. Maybe, perhaps. I mean, it allows you to get in a position to where maybe you can trade up at some point in the second round to get him if he falls far enough as opposed to having to invest a first round selection in him because you're not sure he's going to be around by the time that you circle back to pick, to pick 60 in the second round? Or is he going to be a guy like LaVisca Chenault last year who took a little bit of a tumble further than expected and the Saints can take advantage of that? 
We'll see. But I think that what we've learned about Rondell Moore is that he's an incredible athlete and everything that we've expected about him is true. It's just that he may now go a little bit undervalued by NFL scouts and NFL teams in the NFL draft. All right, y'all. Speaking of the NFL draft, coming up next, we're going to get to your listener box as well as check in with our dudes over at the Draft Network, Kyle Krabs, with a great midweek mock that we'll take a look at as well. We'll get to all of that and more here in just a moment on today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You know, we learn a little bit more about these draft prospects every single day now that we're having pro days going on and things like that. But it's going to be hard to really select what's going to happen and try to predict what's going to happen at the bottom of the first round for the New Orleans Saints. But maybe you feel a little bit more sure about picks on other sports that are going on around the sports world right now. And if you want to do that, the best place to place all of your bets on any sports action is our good friends over at betonline.ag. Football might be over for right now, but the NBA, college basketball, NHL, and soon the MLB all in full swing. And BetOnline also covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV as well with all the real updated odds and props that you need on anything that you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best place to place your bets. And best of all, it's free to sign up at betonline.ag. Just use the promo code Locked On to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit over at the website or by using the mobile app. Once again, that's promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit over at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Let's get it. Houdat Nation continuing on with our midweek mock draft episode. Going to talk about some mock drafts here in just a moment. But of course, with the NFL draft here, we have two shows here to get you taken care of at the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On NFL Draft, hosted by Benjamin Solak and Trey Sikama, as well as Draft Dudes, hosted by Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. So check out our fantastic tandem of NFL Draft shows here. Once again, Locked On NFL Draft and Draft Dudes. Subscribe on the radio.com app or wherever you get your podcast. All right. So let's go ahead and jump in here. We're going to start off with our friends over at the Draft Network, Kyle Krabs, who we just mentioned, did a two-round mock draft, start off as a one-round, and then they ended up adding a second round in the middle of the week, as they often do. They continue to expand throughout the week. So at pick number 28, the Saints going with cornerback Eric Stokes to help bolster that defense for the New Orleans Saints and get a quality young starter across from Marshawn Lattimore. Big-time pick there. We've talked about Eric Stokes. He'd be a great fit for the New Orleans Saints and another great fit for the new look New Orleans Saints as we go into 2021 here with a new quarterback under center. Diami Brown, the wide receiver out of North Carolina, who I like a lot, six foot one, 195 pounds. So he's right around that prototypical size and area for the New Orleans Saints. And you look at the scheme fit that Draft Network puts up on his draft profile, and they mention Air Coriel, somebody that can play inside and out. I can't think of a better description for what the New Orleans Saints are going to look to do and what Sean Payton is going to look for in a receiver if they decide to go receiver in the draft. The second round is a really good place to go wide receiver here. They had uh, Tylen Wallace still on the board, Rondale Moore dropping to 63, just like we just talked about. See, I'm not crazy here. There's something where there's smoke, there's fire. So there's some of these wide receivers that were also down toward the end of the second round that are guys that can come in and have immediate impact opposite. Michael Thomas. And of course, we saw that from Kyle Krabs, but it didn't stop there. We also saw your mock drafts throughout the week from over at the Locked On Saints Facebook group. We'll start off with our guy, Brian Abel, who had his done 
back on Monday, or excuse me, on Sunday, some great selections here. He actually ended up trading up in this draft to draft Jalen Waddle, the wide receiver out of Alabama at pick number 14. Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith, Jamar Chase, all of those guys interchangeable at wide receiver one, depending upon who you talk to, one, two, three changes, depending upon who you ask. Getting a guy like Jalen Waddle, who could be available at 14, right? Because you're going to see a lot of quarterbacks go in the first round. You'll see some offensive linemen and some receivers mixed in there as well. And then now you're starting to see some of these teams address wide receiver in free agency. And therefore, that could let one of these top three guys get down just like CeeDee Lamb did last season. So a great move here to trade up and go and grab an absolute stud and playmaker and a fantastic compliment to Michael Thomas off the board. At pick number 60, rolling right around here, picking Eric Stokes, who is still on the board. That's an easy selection if he's there in the second round for one of your mock drafts. Quincy Roche, the edge rusher at 98. Tommy Tremble and Ogun, and uh, Ade Ogundeji, excuse me, out of Notre Dame, the tight end and defensive tackle. Garrett Harlow at 159, the linebacker out of, t- out of TCU. The Saints are said to have met with both Garrett Harlow and Trevon Morig at TCU's Pro Day for hours. And so that's something that I would definitely keep an eye out on and keep memory of as you go through your mock drafts and as you get ready for draft season here. They spent a lot of time with those guys out of TCU. Uh, Brian wasn't done at wide receiver. Turn around with Anthony Schwartz, the speeder burner out of Auburn, the track star out of Auburn there. He's somebody that the Saints have also met with. And then to wrap up the draft at 229 in the seventh round, John Bates, the tight end out of Boise State. And then Felipe Frank still on the board at 255 in the PFN mock draft here. So you go ahead and grab a uh, pretty experimental quarterback option there as well. So love that. Great stuff from Brian there. Let's go ahead and check out AJ Audette also who got his draft on. At pick number 28, Caleb Farley dropped all the way down for Virginia Tech. I'm hearing more and more that this corner, Caleb Farley, is not going to go as early as people say he's going to in mock drafts. And now he's also having uh, a a surgery as well. It's going to keep him from participating in his pro day. So he may end up falling quite a bit because of that. So that's a top corner there that could end up being available late if you're okay with some of the the health things that you're starting to hear about. Ronnie Perkins still on the board at 60. That's an easy decision. Go ahead and pick him up out of Oklahoma. Dylan Moses, the linebacker, still on the board at 98 out of Alabama. That's a great uh, that's a great place for Dylan Moses, I think, personally, because you don't know what he's going to be. No one knows who Dylan Moses is because we haven't really gotten to see him play at the college level. And then now we're going to transition him to the NFL level. I think that that's a great spot for him. Uh, AJ then goes wide receiver, Daz Newsom, the wide receiver out of North Carolina. Then at 133, Talanoa Hufunga, the box safety, just really can do anything type safety out of USC. He's a ton of fun. Felipe Frank's going a little bit earlier in this one at 218. I think that's a great spot for him as well. Jalen Darden, the wide receiver out of North Texas, and Riley Cole, the linebacker out of South Alabama, a couple of small school prospects to close out AJ's draft. Now we'll go over to Danny Braywick, who starts this one off with Gregory Rousseau, the edge rusher out of Miami. Do not rule out edge rusher as an early first round or an early selection for the New Orleans Saints. They are that's that defensive line is a spot where they lost three of their top snap getters in 2020. This would make a lot of sense to me going to the edge or even defense interior defensive line at 28. Don't rule that out for sure. Great selection there. For uh, in terms of build and what the Saints really like at that position. Next in the second round, they go with Asante Samuel Jr. out of Florida State. That's a great get there at pick 60 in the second round. 
Hunter Long, tight end out of Boston College in the third, and then Alim McNeil, the interior defensive lineman at 105. So you've then essentially replaced Trey Hendrickson at the edge rusher position, and you've replaced Malcolm Brown at the nose tackle position. So pretty good picks there within, essentially within your top 100, right? Within your top 105. Then at 133, Chuba Hubbard, the extremely athletic, knows what to do with the ball and his hand, can do a little bit of everything out the backfield, running back out of Oklahoma State. Racy McMath at 218, the LSU wide receiver who would be a fantastic gunner as well. You've replaced Justin Hardy at that point. Todd Harris, the safety out of LSU, another good special teams piece. And then again, Felipe Franks at the end of the draft. Then real quick to wrap us up, Matthias Mead, a couple of highlights from he and Michael Cogger here. Matthias Mead, the top 100 for this one. Caleb Farley, Jabril Cox, Quincy Roche, and then I'll add a Lim McNeil in at 105. So Really, really good selections there going four straight defensive players. Going to be hard to convince Sean Payton to do it, but if he's going to do it, this is the draft to get it done in. And then Michael Cogger, another drop for Caleb Farley at 28, adding Brevin Jordan at 60, the big time versatile piece and tight end that you can utilize there. Got David Moore at 133 with the uh, fourth round pick out of Grambling State. Love that. Added Racy McMath and Josh Imator Bebe at the end of the draft here as well. So loving all these selections, guys, loving all of these mock drafts. We'll continue to do these all throughout. We'll get another seven round mock draft in after the second week of free agency that we'll do here on the show as well, coming up on mock draft Monday. And then we'll get to more of your listener mocks in the midweek Wednesday episode next week as well. So y'all, what a week we're having so far. We'll see if the Saints get active and get busy at all and what has become an absolutely stagnant free agent class or, or, or market rather across the NFL. We'll see what happens there and how things continue to progress after that great Jameis Winston presser on Tuesday. So make sure you stick around here throughout the rest of the week as we keep you up to date with everything going on with your New Orleans Saints. Keep safe, everybody. And I appreciate y'all as always for coming through. Once again, I'm Ross Jackson. You can follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. Tell your friends, family, and fellow Saints fans about the show. And if you haven't already, please take a moment to subscribe. Drop that five-star rating and review. I thank you so much for all your support and for helping me grow this family. This has been Locked on Saints and Trust You That Nation. I'll holla at you.